Welcome to Recovering My Inner Child. My name is Kawan Saluja. Our first reading comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go, and the topic is Removing the Victim. Don't others see how much I'm hurting? Can't they see I need help? Don't they care? The issue is not whether others see or care. The issue is whether we see and care about ourselves. Wow. Um, Often when we are pointing a finger at others, waiting for them to have compassion for us, it's because we have not fully accepted our pain. We have not reached the point of caring about ourselves. We are hoping for awareness in another that we have not yet had. Uh, Yeah, I can see this on many different levels. I think one of them is self-care and like sometimes uh, resenting, you know, appointments or, um, you know, jobs and, uh, you know, when it's really me not caring for my own self and, you know, making sure I get the appropriate sleep um, and rest and, you know, and other things of that nature. And, I'm, I, you know, I have a ton of other examples, I think, that uh, this passage uh, is making me aware of. Back to the reading. It is our job to have compassion for ourselves. When we do, we have taken the first step toward removing ourselves as victims. It is our job to have compassion for ourselves. I think this is, um, you know, for me, it's just part of growing up to be an adult. And for so many, for so long, I had this really faulty belief. And that's why, you know, doing the work in these programs and do, has has been the only way I've ever found to start to like, you know, either put a dent or just destroy these beliefs. And one of them was, well, you know, if I didn't do self-care 15 years ago, well, then who cares? You know, if I didn't know do compassion then, well, what's the point now? What's the point now is it's that now is the only thing that matters, you know? So it's very important to have compassion for ourselves. Back to the reading. When we do, we have taken the first step toward removing ourselves as victims. We are on the way to self-responsibility, self-care, and change. Today, I will not wait for others to see and care. I will take responsibility for being aware of my pain and problems and caring about myself. Such a timely thing today for, uh, you know, for me to, uh, to read you know, with what's going on, I think, per- personally. The next reading also comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go. The topic is trusting ourselves. Trust can be one of the most confusing concepts in recovery. Who do we trust? For what? The most important trust issue we face is learning to trust ourselves. The most detrimental thing that's happened to us is that we came to believe we couldn't trust ourselves. Yeah, and I think I've done enough work and had enough change that I really can't use and have more tools. I think sometimes I use the fact that, well, I I can't tell the difference between my intuition and my addiction. And that's, I think there's one wants us to grow and the other one wants us, um, not just to grow, but to be miserable, at least in my experience. Uh, back to the reading. Most important trust issue we face is learning to trust ourselves. Wow. The most detrimental thing that's happened to us is that we came to believe we couldn't trust ourselves. There will be some who tell us we cannot trust ourselves. We're off base and out of whack. There are those who would benefit by our mistrusting ourselves. That is really powerful. And I think that's why it's so important to put uh, believing mirrors and, you know, I just can't believe how far I've come because, you know, fellowship is so important. And I never thought that because I think the way I was raised was a very competitive. And I can, I can definitely go wrong, but in a very competitive, like you can't trust people, but you also have to beat them versus, you know, cooperation and service and spiritual principles. Uh, back to the reading. Fear and doubt are our enemies. Panic is our enemy. Confusion is our opposition. 
Self-trust is a healing gift we can give ourselves. How do we acquire it? We learn it. What do we do about our mistakes? About those times we thought we could trust ourselves, but we're wrong. We accept them and trust ourselves anyway. Yeah, because like nobody is perfect. And, you know, I find meditation as a supreme tool to kind of get in line with my intuition. We know what is best for us. We know what is right for us. If we are wrong, if we need to change our mind, we will be guided into that. But only by trusting where we are today. We can look to others for support and reinforcement. But trust in ourselves is essential. Do not trust fear. Do not trust panic. We can trust ourselves. Stand in our own truth. And stand in our own light. We have it now. Already. We have all the light we need for today. And tomorrow's light shall be given to us then. Trust ourselves and we will know whom to trust. Trust ourselves and we will know what to do. When we feel we absolutely cannot trust ourselves, trust that God will guide us into truth. God, help me let go of fear, doubt, and confusion, the enemies of self-trust. Help me go forward in peace and confidence. Help me grow in trust for you and myself one day at a time, one experience at a time. And, you know, I think when I'm right spiritually or on, on spiritual footing, you know, I, I do tap into the intuition and the part that does trust myself. Uh, I really like that reading. It's one of my favorite ones. I think I've read it in a long time. Now we move to ACA Strengthening My Recovery, and the topic is Promise 3. Fear of authority figures and the need to people please will leave us. As children from infancy through our teen years, we were surrounded by authority figures. This included our family, babysitters, and teachers, those who traditionally deserved respect. You know, I'd, I'd heard on Tim Ferriss' podcast, not the exact same thing, but beware of unearned wisdom. And, you know, a lot of these authority figures, you know, as you grow up in life and, you know, think about things like emotional literacy, but they are... You know, and I'm talking about teachers and others. I'm not just, I'm not referring to family as so much in this case, but unearned wisdom. And have no, but many of these people took advantage of our respect for authority by intimidating us into a submissive role. I think this is what Alice Miller talks about, about how, like, you know, parents can be bullies to their kids. Our natural tendency to please was exploited by the unreasonable demands placed on us. Such beautiful reading because, you know, we are, you know, evolved to be part of a tribe. So our natural tendency, and this is where the distortion happened, you know, in childhood. As adults, our need to people please took a darker turn and robbed us of our ability to enjoy life. As always seeking to plead to others, we were left waiting for our turn at getting our needs met. In ACA, the edges of the puzzle of how we become people pleasers slowly start to become clear. We begin to free the roots of our people pleasing habit from the soil of our childhoods. In its place, we plant brand new seeds of hope. Consistent work in our program allows our insight, clarity, and freedom to flourish. No longer fearful of authority and under the compulsion to please, we are emancipated to decide for ourselves whom we need to fear and whom we choose to please. Yeah, I just a really well-intentioned person said, I was like, I'm always people-pleasing some people. It's like, well, there's some people that you do need to people-please. And it doesn't have to be the people you know from childhood. And it has to be people, you know, who earn it. And, you know, there's a difference between people pleasing and respect. 
On this day, I will continue to work in the ACA program to further unearth the deep roots of my fear of authority and people-pleasing. I choose to be free of any hold they still have over me. And the final reading comes from ACA Strengthening My Recovery, and the topic is crosstalk. In ACA, each person may share his or her feelings and perceptions without judgment from others. As part of creating that safety, we ask that group members avoid crosstalking. When we start attending meetings, we may be confused about the reasons for the no crosstalk rule. This can feel like a difficult rule to follow, especially when someone is crying. Don't they need to be helped and comforted? But we're told that this is fixing, which is a skill so many of us mastered as children. So it kind of makes sense that we sometimes might go back to it. In ACA, we learned that no crosstalk rule is a sacred element of what makes the program work so well. By honoring one another with our full intention, when we share, we are all getting something we didn't have access to growing up in dysfunctional families. Attention. This is a great gift, being allowed to express ourselves without reserve, particularly ACA. I will say, I don't always feel that way uh, in other programs. When no one interrupts or tries to comfort us, we can feel respected. No one is judging us. And when others are speaking, we listen and learn from their lessons. If we're uncomfortable and want to fix them, we stop and think about why we're feeling that way. By showing up in meetings, sharing our honest experiences, and listening silently to others, we participate in the heart of what makes the program successful. This practice makes us stronger together. On this day, I will listen quietly in a meeting when someone else shares their experience, strength, and hope. I feel good knowing I will get the same respect from others. Wow, uh, I was having a bad day and just reading this stuff today. It just like brings a smile to my face and uh, gives me hope. Uh, and that concludes today's episode of Recovering My Inner Child. Until next time, this is Kowan Saluja reminding myself to pause, because that's where God is, to be still and know, to feel my feelings, and to love myself.